Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coming up on this issue of Comic Cast, we are live from the George R. Brown Convention Center for Comic Palooza. We are talking all things Loki and the MCM. Ah, uh, see what you did there. How do you do this all day? Um, This is Comic Cast on PodcastArena.com. Here's your geeks, John Lee and Michael Carroll. Welcome into issue 396 of Comic Cast. John Lee here with Michael Carroll. This is a special podcast. Uh, we've done one like this before about a couple of years ago before the pandemic. Um, we are going to be coming to you live from. Comic Palooza live, I guess. We were at Comic Palooza. We did a podcast at the stage. It was, uh, I mean, this experience was pretty, pretty cool. I mean, it was uh, a lot bigger than uh, 2019 in terms of audience size. Um, oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> I don't know where we were placed in the um, Comic Palooza in 2019, the last time we were there, like in terms of time of day, like what, what slot we were placed. But Today, I mean, not today, but on Saturday, we were placed right at the beginning. We, yeah. So, 2019, we were the sun, the last day of the of Comic Palooza Sunday, and we were more like our. I remember the podcast pavilion being more in the middle of the show floor. I think, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not middle, but like off to the more right side. This time, we were a little further back, but I felt like the area was a little bit bigger. And I don't know if it was just because, you know, we didn't have a con in 2020 and uh, I thought maybe it's because of the subject matter because we were covering Loki and Loki just finished. So everyone was excited about Loki, but man was walking up and it was like, oh, wow, these people aren't just sitting here just to be sitting here. They're they're sitting here to to listen. And I was I was shocked. There was so many because the the chairs were completely full. The There was people standing around like it was just like wild. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I pull up to the George R. Brown around ten fifteen ish, and my God, the traffic was just god awful. And I was like, I, I thought I was gonna just you know stroll in and and you know set up and <laughs> and be able to go. No. <laughs> yeah, my ass um, got there at ten fifteen. I think it might have been a little earlier, but but I was like circling around, and and Teresa was just like, just 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 get out. I'll 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 park. Just go. Uh, and, um, and, and, you know, find Michael. 
So I, I, I get out and um, I get to the front of the George R. Brown around close to like 10, 20 or something like that. And I'm, I'm texting you and uh, I'm supposed to meet this guy that has like a Coca-Cola hat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Matt, uh, shout out to I'm, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I was walking around and I was walking around. I couldn't find him. And it was like 1030. And I, was, I was panicking at the time. <laughs> and because uh, I think you were like, oh, go to, you know, Hall. What was it? Hall B? Hall B. Yeah, because uh, I believe Matt. Because, uh, yeah, when I got I got there and I was like, OK, I have all the passes, but my co-host didn't hear yet. And they were like, okay, we can send somebody to go get it. And the guy, Matt, shout out to Matt again. Uh, he was like, I'll go and gave him the passes. He went and then it was like, uh, what does he look like? Oh, well, he's a, he's a short Asian bald man with a pregnant wife. Can't miss him. I don't think, I think, I don't know. And then it was just trying to find you from there. So I, I go to hall B and I'm like texting him. Like, I don't see him. I don't see him. I don't see anybody with the Coca-Cola hat. And I can't get into the to the to the actual event area because right. I don't have a pass. So you finally and might have should have done this a little sooner uh, on both our ends. Uh, you gave me his contact because you were you were just playing middleman. Yeah, I, did, I realized like man, I should have just gave him his number and just had y'all call each other or whatever. Yeah, so we got it sorted out and we got it to the to the guest area and he gave me the pass and and then uh, I just left uh, Teresa's uh, up with the uh, guest people. And I run to sixteen hundred, and there you are, just vamping away, vamping away, my friend. <laughs> and and I get there, and I'm expecting like you know a third of the 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 seats filled, and I get there, and I see the entire area is filled, and my eyes lit up, and I go, oh no. <laughs> I was wondering what you thought when you walked up and was like, oh oh my. Yeah, so I get there and I'm like, you know, a bright eyed and I'm like, okay, my plan was to set up my laptop and get, you know, my notes ready. But I was just like, oh, Michael's already started. I'm just going to go. I'm just right. going to riff off the top of my head. Yeah. And I think I did a decent job at it. Uh, I sit down and we, we start talking and I mean, this was the conversation. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so let me just say, I missed the first eight minutes of recording because I might have been terrified at the time. I, You know, who's to say? Um, but the, the recording of our Comic Palooza live podcast begins with you, Jong, saying basically about parking. So that's where the podcast starts. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You've been warned, I. Jong Lee. Parking sucks. <laughs> you and don't say. And it's very, very, very expensive. It's very expensive? Yes. yes. And, uh, uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> I've been vamping. I think I did an okay job vamping. I don't know. Who, who watched Loki? I did. Everybody, Everybody watched we, Loki. We covered this already. Oh, okay, we already okay. picked our favorite episode too. All right. What, what was, what was everyone's epi favorite episode? Episode five, bro. Episode five. Okay. See, what was your favorite? Uh, I, I think episode five is up to episode one. I think just set the stage for the what we were going to get because honestly when we when the, the series first started i thought that it was going to be kind of more of a he was just going to go around messing with time right that's what i was and saying and then all, and then all of a sudden episode one hits and then you're like wait this is a completely completely different type yeah. of show and i think it was better for it i think you, right you guys agree right like i think it because like in the trailers when we first got up to the the Loki series, we saw President Loki, which we got for 
a minute. I thought we were going to get more of President Loki, honestly. I thought we. Were, I didn't realize he was just going to get a hand chopped off, and that was it. Yeah, and so we got we got that in the trailer, and then all of a sudden, I thought, okay, well, it doesn't make sense because he took the tesseract, he took the space stone, and they show him going through time. It didn't make sense, and then of course, episode one hits, and all of it makes sense. Yeah, no, I was rewatching it last night, and to kind of remind myself of everything that's happened and everything and just from the jump obviously when he goes through the whole process of getting into the tva getting a ticket make sure you take your tickets otherwise it's there's a problem when you don't take your ticket at the tva uh going through like the whole robot thing like the whole ro- i didn't there was something there i thought it was just a joke at first but obviously there's a different purpose for that robot thing as we learn f- further on in the in the series Yes. It's not just a joke. Like, everything is, is played up for last, but at the same time, there's a purpose for everything. There is a purpose for everything, and we got we got the uh, purpose of it at the very end, at the end of time. Yeah. And it just, it just opens up so much more to what we're going to get in the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse. Yeah. I, I've heard it called that a lot on Twitter now. It's the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse, the MCM here on out because of the possibilities that this opens up for everything else and the different variants that we're going to get with with all the, the different kings and then all <laughs> the different now that we know spider-mans and and all sorts man and, and the different lokis and and just just so much more that has been opened up to what kevin feige has to play with yeah, I mean, and we just, there was a report that just came out, I think it was yesterday or day before, about him setting the rules for this multiverse already. So, you can only imagine what they're they're cooking up or have already cooked up, right? Yes, and uh, I, I do, the, there's so many questions. <laughs> and let's go back a little bit with the, with the Loki series. Um, and just the, the with, outside the series itself, the tremendous, the tremendous writing the tremendous directing and the tremendous acting. I don't think there was a, of those three things, I don't think there was a single disappointment. I know you have re- reservations on what, episode three? Episode three, to me, it was the weakest. Just because, like, I felt like episode three, we didn't, like, they end up on Lamentis. I think I said the right, yeah. Lamentis. And then they, they, like, they get to the whole thing, they get to the ship, and then it blows up, and then they're still on Lamentis. Like, if you had just taken the first, like, few minutes of episode four and put it on the back end of episode three, I would have been a little bit more excited. It just felt like there was no forward momentum in that episode compared to the other ones where we did get forward momentum, whether it was Loki going to follow uh, Loki, the other Loki or Sylvie at the time in episode two, the, the end of episode one where it ends with a cloaked Sylvie killing the TVA members. Like there was always, it felt like there was always some progress. And for me, episode three just didn't work in terms of forward progress. We learned a little bit, like obviously, one, the big thing about episode three, I think, I don't know, well, the big thing is the confirmation that he is bisexual in the Marvelverse. Now, do they actually, is it just there as performative or did they actually want to pursue this and explore this angle? I don't know, but I mean, I'm glad they did it. But don't just do it for, like, don't just say it just because, you know what I mean? Actually go through with it, and you know what I mean? Yeah. So. There needs to be a purpose for the gender, gender fluality thing. And there were a lot of people upset about what happened in episode six with uh, Sylvie and Loki. The kiss? Yeah, the kiss. Who, who here 
did not like the kids. Okay, didn't so like kids. It's, okay. it's, it's split. about 30% of the people here did not like it. Now, I could see both points of view on why they didn't like it and why they liked or why yeah. they didn't mind it. For me, though, I feel like the purpose of that was for her to get him off guard and then just put it, push him through, and then to so she can have her uh, alone time with uh, <laughs> the one. Uh, the, I don't. I don't like Sylvie's alone time. <laughs> That's, you know, no, he no, ended up with a blade. She, I don't know. She's always been one step ahead of Avengers Loki, right? Yeah. And that was, and it, that got him very vulnerable, and, he, and she made her move. So I rewatched, that was another episode I rewatched last night. Uh, watching that, because she is the one that initiates, it does seem like, like on the first viewing, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know about this whole love thing with them. But like on a second viewing of it, she does initiate it. She does initiate the turn. So it seems like it was a setup to kind of play on Loki's vulnerability at that point, which he's being 100% honest in, in that sequence, by the way. Like him, when they cut to them two facing each other on the screen, the camera does not cut away anymore. And you just witness Tom Hiddleston just wanting her to be okay. And like, that's a powerful moment, but Sylvie don't care. She just wants to kill Immortus or he who reigns. Yeah. Well, her sole purpose was to to get to the top, and so she got there. And free will. And, and all yeah, that. and there was nobody that was going to stand in front of her uh, to to achieve her purpose. And even though we know, I feel like we know that she cares a lot for Avengers Loki. Yeah. That he wasn't even going to stand in her way of achieving what she was already set up. I mean, this this goal was her, of hers ever since she got pruned or yeah. not, not pruned but she got taken into well she says that TV about end. like i was pruned before you we were even existed or whatever mm-hmm. and it, i assume it meant like just being taken out of the timeline because obviously we see when she actually does get pruned yeah. but yeah she's this has been her whole purpose for so long no matter what even though loki i think does present obviously they go back and forth in episode three they don't trust each other blah 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 but then there is a genuine care until Loki seems to go opposite of what she wants. I mean, he showed, this is, so he showed how much he liked her throughout the entire series. The the first time, the first time I think they were talking, they were on the ship, they were talking, he opened up to her uh, more than he's opened up to anybody. Yeah. Even, even his own brother, uh, even his own mother. Uh, I think Thor: The Dark World. She gave him a hug. He just kind of like relentlessly, yeah. relentlessly yeah. gave her a hug back. But this what? was the first time she he poured her poured his soul out to anybody. Well, also too, 2012 Loki now. Like this is that that version. So I'm sure that version has not expressed himself in any way. And throughout the series, they they showcase more and more of his genuine human side you know or genuine emotional side right yeah like you see him the 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 lady sif thing it's played for jokes but at the same time by the end of it he reveals a major thing about like just wanting attention and all that so it it's it's crazy how they got me to care so much about loki and i know uh, thor the dark world came after the first avengers movie but in that movie he says i don't i never wanted the throne I'm paraphrasing here. I never wanted the throne. I just wanted to be accepted or yeah. by loved or something like that. And, and and his character arc throughout the MCU has kind of played out that way. And it shows in the series that he wants to be accepted. He 
he says he wants the throne, he wants Midgard, he wants to be the king of Midgard. But, and, and, and honestly, at the at very end of the series, he just wants that one person, at least that one person, that accepts him and that loves him. And, and then, of course, that one person that he thinks that loves and accepts him, ultimately stabs him in the back. I mean, yeah, a little bit. Kicks him in the back, throws him away, you yeah, know, that whole yeah. thing. Yeah, so... So it's it's a uh, his character goes his character arc goes up and down or emotionally goes in this roller coaster and uh, he you know finally thinks that he finds this one person and then of course she has this alternative motive even though how much that we know that she cares for him that he gets kicked back into the TVA and then uh, then the whole Loki just, got Loki basically yeah and she kills the you know Immortus. And uh, and all of a sudden we get thrown for this loop that, yeah, we get this huge twist at the end of the series that, hey, yeah, since he's gone, an eviler version of Kang is, of it, is now taken over and he's actually conquered the TVA. He's the, the ruler of the TVA. And now we have this whole Kang the Conqueror setup. We all know. We all think this is Kang the Conqueror, right? That's in charge of the TVA. That's coming. Or yeah, that's set up in the like the the, the final moment when you get that Planet of the, of the Apes esque moment at the end. That statue, one hundred percent, is designed like Kang. Like that suit that he's wearing. Obviously, it, it's it's definitely feels like Kang at that moment. Yeah, and it seems like we might get. Do you think we get Kang the Conqueror in an Ant Man in uh, Quantum Mania? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that for sure is happening. I don't know, like, in what way is he going to be the main villain or whatever? I don't know, but I wouldn't be shocked to see the character more and more before that. You know, before Doctor Strange and then the Multiverse of Madness. Like, there's multiple areas where I could see them laying in like little post credits or little scenes here and there to set up further set up this character that's coming to the MCU or it's already here I guess yeah so with Kang uh, with the Kang character he's not physically stronger than Thanos but he's he put he he introduces this kind of a, a different dynamic that there are so there, the, the multiverse there's, is so vast it's, there's so many versions of this character whether it be the Immortus character that we got uh, in the last episode where he's just kind of like he's at the end of time he's conquered basically contained all the different versions of himself and that he is right he's probably the nicest of all the, right. all of these characters and now since he's gone that it opens up this wormhole of yeah we're gonna get these evil versions of this different of himself that we're gonna get a lot of different versions of, of, of this character portrayed on screen that it just uh, that we're gonna get a milder version, maybe a milder version of Ironclad. That where he is on the side of the Avengers, or I guess Young Avengers, and <clears throat> we'll get Kane the Conqueror, who seems like he's gonna be an overall arcing theme to Phase Four, Five, and beyond. Could be, yeah. Because he's a very good character to introduce Fantastic Four. Yeah. Doctor Doom. He plays with all of these different characters within the comic books. And getting an actor like Jonathan Majors, bro, when he showed up, like just eating an apple, like just chill and just laughing, and he's and he's, he he plays it, plays the character in an eccentric way, and like, like, I mean, his mannerisms, his, everything about him is just so. It was like 
creepy, funny, but at the same time, you can see there's genuine moments with him throughout. Also, real quick, uh, you know how he mentions about weaponizing Elias? The thing that I noticed, I didn't notice it on first hand, the time reset bombs, when they like activate them, there's like a purple cloud that comes on. It looks like Elias. Like maybe like bits of piece of the Goliath, I guess they're using for those time reset bombs. I don't know. This is just something I noticed on my rewatch. I'm gonna mention that rewatch like the entire time. Yeah, <clears throat> that would be that would be a very interesting twist to play on uh, a lot. I mean, since Kang did, Immortus did control the TVA, create the TVA, controls right. the timeline. It makes a lot of sense that this version of Kang weaponized Immortus. Because he said it, he said he, he to control a, a mortis and and weaponize him, yeah, yeah. and it, it makes it makes a lot of sense. So, so with 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 Elioth and everything, well, let's let's go to the TVA aspect. Because at the end, obviously, Mobius and B fifteen don't recognize Loki, right? Is that a different TVA? Because like the whole thing is the TVA operates like not like time doesn't work the same way, and it's a whole thing. It doesn't seem like it would be a new branch necessarily because it's outside of the timeline, right? So this is how I understand the TVA. The how TV do you understand it, Joan? The TVA was created by uh, Amortis and right. to control the timeline. The, uh, so when you have these branches of Nexus events, that the TVA goes out and snips off the, the Nexus events, right? Snip, 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 <clears throat> yes. To control a singular timeline so the multiverse isn't or there isn't a chaotic multiverse since Amonis is at the very end of time and he's the control he's the one controlling factor of the entire timeline he works works outside of that and once he gets killed yeah. that somebody else when I guess the timeline was where there was, where there was a multiversal war <laughs> That whoever got in control of the timeline is now the controller of the timeline. Right. If this makes any sense, since Amortis has got... We his, really should have brought a whiteboard or something. No, Amortis is, is now written out... He is completely wiped off. I feel like I'm Charlie Day in that moment. You know what I mean? Like, just yes. going, you know? So he's completely wiped out. And since he was the one that was supposed to win that war, he kind of gets, just like, written off in the timeline. Right. And so... Our best guess is that Kane the Conqueror is the one that Took wins up the mantle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and now controls the TVA because of yeah. that gigantic statue right. that is built for him uh, in the TVA. And so whatever was done through Mortis is now completely rewritten and the people inside the TVA mm -hmm. knows nothing but Kane the Conqueror right. and all the events that happened uh, since Amortis got taken over, or since he controlled the TVA, no longer ceases to exist. Did anybody understand that? Does that make any sense? Yeah. Sort of? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. I, and I think season two will help us, it will help explain it a little further. So I think that that was a big, whole, shocking result at the end. And, uh, and, and these small little bits, I call them small, but these giant movies that we'll get in between season one and two will help explain uh, what transpired and to help understand because this because this series the since it was it was amazing and whatnot 
But this series is going to help explain what's going to happen in Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. It's going to help explain Doctor Strange into the multi uh, multiverse of madness. That's all. Yeah. And it's going to help explain what we're going to get in Ant-Man: Quantumania. Right. And like we were saying, it may explain. You know, Jane Foster is supposed to have the hammer in the next Thor movie. Explain. Could be a variant. Yeah, it could, could be, be a variant. Could so, be. Uh, yeah, so all of these events are gonna, ex or all of the events that happened, transpired in, in the Loki series, is gonna set up every little aspect that we're gonna get within the next four, two, four phase four, phase five, and beyond. Remember when Kevin Feige said, eh, you don't have to watch the shows? Well, you kind of have to watch you the shows. You kind of have to watch the shows, right? Like, yes. It, it felt so like WandaVision. Ooh, ooh. Everyone watched WandaVision, I assume. Everyone liked it, right? Yeah, it's great. No, no, it didn't like. Okay, yeah. You're gonna have to watch WandaVision. <laughs> but WandaVision, uh, you know, it was a character story, it was a strong character story. Loved what they did with Scarlet, or Wanda, eventually taking on the moniker of Scarlet, which like officially. Falcon Winter Soldier, obviously, I love Sam. That's the main part of it that I love. Some of the other elements, some of the other plot lines, didn't love, but. That series was a character-driven story to propel those perpetual side characters into more full-on starring roles, right? Loki, it does that, but at the same time, it's obviously the biggest one so far to really like have a ripple effect, right? And it just it goes back to I think I've said it on the podcast before. It goes back to like the MCU now feels like a live-action comic. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like different series, you know, and you could watch all of them and get the gist of the story. Uh, you can, you can. I think you could watch Loki and appreciate it. Still, you're gonna be like, what the? There's gonna be some moments that it's like, what the? What is happening? But for the most part, you're gonna enjoy them. But to get the full gist of it, it's like reading in, a, in proper order now. And you know what they do very well is they, uh, even if you don't watch these series, that they will set up. In, so, if you guys didn't watch Wandavision. When you watch Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness, it's gonna it's it's gonna tell you exactly what you need to know about that movie and the phases coming up. It'll give you a, a, a very dense recap of what happened and what you should be expecting and how powerful Wanda is now versus what she was at the end of Avengers Endgame. And what did we find out the other day that who's appearing in Doctor Strange? Who's now appearing? Tom Hiddleston. Tom yeah. Hiddleston is going to be in the next Doctor Strange Strange movie, and it makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense because that uh, he might, you know, use one of those temp pads and and tries to put out a fire here <laughs> and there. I don't know how you explain it because, like, obviously it leaves on a big cliffhanger. So I don't know, like, how they explain, like, oh yeah, by the way, he's got to go over here and then he'll come back. Like, I, I don't know how they're going to handle that. Because obviously it's got to be in an organic way for him to pop up. Maybe it's more of Doctor Strange running up on, on him. I don't know, obviously, but I just, I, I'm loving this just organic growth of the multiverse that we're getting now. See, with, with Tom Hiddleston appearing in Doctor Strange, you, the, the, the one, the, this is what it reminds me of. You, you guys watch Community? Remember that scene where Donald Glover walks in with the pizza? Oh, and his entire apartment's on fire? I, I use that gif a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, Doctor Strange, Wanda, is, is, <laughs> is, is them in the apartment with everything caught on fire. The events, them trying to put it out. I feel like Tom Hiddleston's Loki is going to walk in and be like, 
what did I do? <laughs> the kind of thing. But even though you know that character didn't c- yeah. cause a fire, he, it's just him walking in, just like, oh, oh crap. I thought you were gonna say Tom Hiddleston was like, look, yeah, I know it looks bad. I didn't. I was trying to stop it. You know, I wasn't trying to like set it all off or something like that. Yeah. So, so that's how I think the Tom Hiddleston Loki character is gonna get introduced in, in Doctor Strange. Is he's probably gonna tr- travel to that universe to help put out that fire that. He caused <laughs> minor detail. Yeah, yeah minor detail. Minor, and yeah. and and with Doctor Strange, that's going to open up so many other possibilities. Possibilities where, like the X Men, that I feel like is set in a different timeline. The Fantastic Four is set in a different timeline. Like Deadpool is set in a different timeline. So. So we're going to get that, and it's going to just... I mean, we saw it at the end of Loki where all these branches started happening, and each branch is going to be something chaotic and something new that, new that we've never, ever seen. Well, also, speaking of Fantastic Four, because this, this whole thing, obviously, the internet, uh, the opening of Episode 6, where they do the whole like new intro credits thing with all the voiceover stuff, which was cool, really cool, by the way, um, but showcasing like where we've been and pulling out to so, show where we are now. But there's that, that quick ship that appears briefly. A lot of people are saying Fantastic Four. Would you say that? Maybe. Uh, I mean, why would they put a ship there? So, so Why? Tell me why, Joan. We've, we've gotten these teases in the past before, the tremors uh, in, in the ocean, which is Namor. We got the, the Black Panther teases in, what was it, the... Thor, no Thor movie. Iron Man two, I believe. Yeah, it's so on the got, background. Yeah, we got the we had the Wakanda tease. We have all of these teases that that they love throwing out. They'll throw it out there and they'll say they'll say you guys run with it. The internet, <laughs> you guys run with it, and and then we'll address it later. So the Namor thing is going to get addressed in Black Panther two. We got the Wakanda thing with uh, Civil War and Black Panther. Right. So I mean, yeah, Kevin Feige can be like, hey, just throw that out there. We'll let people run with it and we'll address it when the time comes. But here's the thing though, we already have a director attached to the Fantastic Four. We have a logo. We have Nathaniel Richards with Kang. We have all of these different teases with the Fantastic Four. So it doesn't, it would not surprise me if, if they were like, hey, just throw that ship out there and right. say, hey, that's the Fantastic Four. What if, going back to Loki more so, what did you think of uh, Ravana Rinslayer? She knows more than she leads on. You think so? I feel like oh, she yeah. didn't know. I feel like she like is confused. Not confused, but I feel like she doesn't know. Like when, when the whole timekeeper thing is like, oh, they're not real. Like they're robots. Like I feel like it was a, a little bit of a learning experience for her too. And then in the end, when Miss Minutes gives her that, he thinks you'll you'll need this more. That 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 line about he he thinks you'll obviously it seems like he who remains Immortus gives her like some assignment or something like that. Is it something she she goes on to say about she's looking for free will? Is it something I don't, I'm trying to figure out what where her character goes next? See, Is it? I I feel like she was told what to do in these situations by one person which is Immortus Mm -hmm. and she doesn't know anything outside of that he probably said he was she was probably told this is how you want how I want you to run this thing and just do it this way don't ask any questions just do it 
and you'll be okay. And I feel like that's how she's been doing these things from the time that she was given this role. And since it kind of blew up in everyone's faces, and she probably wasn't told that, hey, you're a variant. No, no. Yeah, yeah. So she was told very minimal. And I feel like once she found out these other things, now she's going out and, and uh, asking these questions. Well, she was like a true believer throughout. Like, we saw oh, yeah. her go through, like, she was like one of the officers, or, or I don't know what you call them, one of the soldiers at one point, when we go in that flashback where she gets young Sylvie. And she's totally believed in this whole thing for all her life, or all, I don't know how you say it, but in the time, TVA, all her life. And instead of, like, breaking like Mobius and B-15, I think it like proves to her that like her confidence in the TVA just seems like it increases even more and like we really need to be here. Like her job is not shaken whatsoever. No, no, not one bit. And uh, we're gonna see this, uh, see her character come back. Uh, I feel like in a much, much bigger way because she is, uh, she's uh, essentially on the, uh, the, uh, the right-hand side of uh, of Kang. She's a love interest then. Yeah, she is. Yeah. She she is. So, uh, whichever version that we're going to get, uh, because they have altered characters in the past. Well, like, He Who Remains is, in the comics, it's a, the yes. last director yeah. of TVA. But in this in this episode, it seems like a combination of that and Immortus. Yeah, it and seems it seems like. like he's very, very bored. He's tired, man. Yeah, he's tired. And then we get that moment at the uh, towards the end where... Yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen from here on out. I can live, I can die. Uh, I don't know, cause like I flipped a little. Yeah, I don't know after everything after this point. Yeah. Yeah, cause cause at the episode one when when Loki gets to 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 the TVA, they know exactly what he's gonna say, exactly what he's gonna do, and what exactly he did in the past. And that was an Easter egg for what we were gonna get at the very end, where it happened the opposite way, where he got. He knew what Loki was going to do up to a point, right. and then all of a sudden it was up for grabs because his destiny was written that he was probably going to die. Yeah. No, and and, and with the realization of that, like, the, again, the way it was shot, beautiful. Like, the way they do a close-up on Jonathan Majors at that moment, and his, like, he feels like he's in control, but then you see it in his face change, like... Oh no! Like this is different. Like I don't know what's happening now. Like I'm in, I'm in even a place where I don't know what's happening. It's just played beautifully. It's played beautifully by that by Jonathan Majors. Yeah, and uh, I called him a, I called his acting chaotic brilliance because <laughs> because of the way that he portrayed the character was like he was just like all over the place. It felt like somebody that hasn't seen a person in thousands of thousands of years i mean this minutes is cool but like yeah i would i would want to see a person too yeah it's she he so it almost seemed like he was very excited to see a, a living breathing person yeah. appear in front of him he just sits there and he's he, the elevator doors open and he's sitting there eating a damn apple yeah you know he's just like he's like oh hi and, uh, hey what's up hey let's talk in my office yeah and then and then uh that, that when they get into the office he's kind of like all over the place and and then he's like oh i know what you're gonna do kind of thing or he jumps back and forth and right. uh, through through that time to, uh, through the time with the device and He's just like, you know, at a certain point, he's just like, you know, essentially end me kind of thing where I'm very bored. I've, I've lived so long that I've seen so many things that 
you know, I, you know, you can kill me, you'll get a more evil version of me take over. I know I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen. You're not going to believe me and you're still going to either take over my position or try to uh, or, or try to kill me. Do you think he's a straight up villain? That one, that version that we saw, do you think he's a villain? I, he says, I, like, we're all villains here. I don't, and I think this series and, and the Loki character has, has taught us that there isn't a single character out there other than Steve Rogers that you can truly call evil or, or good. I mean, he did kind of lie to Tony, though. He kind of lied. Yeah. Well, at the end, at the end, once he got yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he became worthy, but... Uh, I guess uh, other than uh, Captain America and, and possibly Thor, since he has to be worthy, I think the outside of those two characters, there isn't a single character I think you can call there's a lot truly, of gray. yeah truly evil or truly a hero. Uh, and I think Loki is a prime example of that. I will say the villain of Black Widow though, he's pr probably truly evil. The Dr Drakeoff. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, that dude's full well. Of he did he did keep his daughter alive. The oh, spoilers. We were here for Loki, man. We were spoiling Black Widow. Uh, but uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I I think that is the when we're talking about the the Kang, the old the multi multi the different versions of, of Kang. I think there's gonna be a, hard thing a to say giant the evil one with with Kang the Conqueror, mm -hmm. and Immortus is probably on the on the wider side of this when we're talking about this grayness, this yeah. scale. And, and he's probably like on the lighter side of all of this because yeah he, he's probably a very evil person but he understands what needs to be done to control the flow of time well like he, he says that we're like we're all like villains here he, he, he yells at Sylvie about being a hypocrite because she murders people and everything like there's there's a gray area with all of them but he's I guess what you would call a necessary evil in sense of trying to keep everything balanced Although we've seen somebody try to keep everything balanced and wipe out half of everything, so. Oh yeah, I mean that, and then I mean Ultron was, felt that way too. Like he knew, yeah. he he said that we need we need to you know uh, take control of all of this, and or he needs to take control right. of all of this, and and uh, for for the for mankind and just do all that stuff too. And then uh, we got. I mean, we we've had a lot of villains that felt that way about about society, and you know it turns out that. You know, they, they, the, the ways that they got there, the, the ends did not justify the means of all of this. Right. So we're almost out of time. Obviously, we got to ask, I got to ask you, favorite character, and why is it Alligator Loki? <laughs> Just saying. Uh, I, I, I'll have to disagree with you. <gasps> My favorite was classic Loki. Okay, I, I give you that. Uh, I mean, it's just the the, the range of his diff the powers that he has. The the it, it just and the, the, the acting. It, I I had to go with classic Loki. Who who here liked Alligator Loki over classic Loki? Who who liked classic Loki? I, I think it's a split. I mean, Alligator Loki though, bro. Like he just he 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 says all the stuff without saying anything. Like just through growls or whatever alligator noises. Sound yeah, and like. and I think the the most disappointing one was I was waiting for President Loki to just give this like just take over and just. I, well, well, I wish that the Avengers Loki became President Loki, but <laughs> obviously that didn't happen. And and leading up to that episode, 
that it wasn't gonna happen. No, and now then when we when we saw President Loki, that was one of my disappointments of the series that we didn't get an extended version of that character. And all of a sudden, he gets his hand bitten off by Alligator Loki. You're just like, okay, now all of this is 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 you know, became chaos and. It, it became this whole moment where you know we got Avengers Loki just throwing up his, <laughs> his hands in the air and just kind of like whatever. I will, I will say I wanted more of boastful Loki. I wanted more of boastful Loki with the hammer. Like I wanted to know more about like why why has he got a gold hammer and everything. Like I wanted to know more about that version of the character. Yeah, he was a big fat betrayer at the end <laughs> because he he set up the whole thing and you know he wanted uh, he actually wanted to to lead everything and you know we got that. Uh, one quick side note: There was a deleted scene of Throg that we never ever gotten. I know. We never got, uh, and maybe maybe we'll get that uh, behind the scenes kind of thing. Well, we'll get. Oh, a, a probably do a gallery type thing with Loki. Yeah, yeah we'll we'll get that. Uh, and one other quick side note: Did you guys know that Chris Hemsworth came back and voiced Throg for that one second? He I was just it. like. Huh! That was Chris Hemsworth, and they, uh, the director came out and said, hey, yeah, or no, it was one of the writers came out and said, yeah, Chris Hemsworth was very generous and, and voiced Throg for that one second. I just want to be in the room of him describing that, like, hey, you're going to be Throg. I need you to make jump noises. But, but I'm, my best guess is, is in between cuts or, like, when he was, before he was shooting scenes for Love, Love and Thunder, or after he got off the set, they probably pulled him aside and said, <laughs> hey, aside, yeah. would you like to voice uh, something for the Loki show? He goes, yeah, sure. He goes, what do you want me to say? I just want you to grunt a little I bit. I just want you to microphone. grunt. Are you sure? This sounds creepy. This sounds like for personal use. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, uh, those deleted scenes with Throg and Loki that we'll probably get, like, they're, I feel like it's too golden not to use Chris Hemsworth just for, you know, thrusting and grunting noises. And we're gonna get, we're probably gonna get released clips of, yeah, this is Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston, Throg and Loki going back and forth. Yeah, I could see that. I would love that. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for joining us. Um, our podcast is called Comic Cast, and we're also on Twitter. We're very active on Twitter. Yeah. I'm, uh, if you guys haven't guessed, I look like Satama. One Punch Man. One Punch Man. So if you go on Twitter and you search One Punch Man, you can find me. Yeah. I'm at Producer Mike 975 Real quick, if you found a variant of yourself, would you kiss yourself? If it was a lady version of myself with hair and a much more attractive version of myself. Oh, yeah, you went to hair. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. But, but I'm not trying to save the multiverse of the, the timeline. I would. I'd do it. Why not? I want to find out if I'm a good kisser. I'm just saying. Okay. I'm down. I just want to know. I I just like to think that I am. Oh, okay. Okay. See, I don't have that confidence. I need to, <laughs> I need verification. This is what happens when you get married, you know. <laughs> your, your 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 significant others get very very they're very uh they're very honest with you, but you can tell which one's the single of the group right here. Uh, she's around here somewhere. Um, but uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, this is our special Comic Palooza version of Comic Cast. 
Uh, and if you guys want to check us out, we're on all major platforms. We're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're mm -hmm. on uh, Google Play, we're on all of that. So thank you guys for tuning in and stick around for other podcasts because it's going to be an amazing day. And it's support uh, local podcasts. Yes, that and support Comic Palooza because we were here two years ago. And we obviously missed it last year, and it's it's so nice to be out in public again, right. to see all of these amazing artists and all these amazing. I'm gonna go buy shirts and and, and merchandise and all whatnot. It's it, it's been such a uh, uh, weird past year, but to be out in public for the first big comic event uh, of the year, I think it, it's very very cool. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to even listen to us talk. We appreciate you guys so much. Comic Blues 2021. Appreciate you guys. We're out. Goodbye. Bring it on one night, Billy. Hit it! This is Comic Cast. Comic Cast. And that was our appearance at Comic Palooza, and that was issue 396. And we want to thank a couple people before we uh, head out. Uh, Carrie Gordon, who's always been nice to us. Um, Mark Nesser, who kind of set everything up. Erica Corbett, who's been kind of relaying back and forth with us. And Matt, the one that uh, ran out and gave me my pass. Uh, those uh, people. And there's a lot more people behind the scenes that put Comic Palooza together. And we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't be able to go out and do these things. And um, fans wouldn't be be able to go out and enjoy these events and uh i mean a year after the pandemic i know they downsized a little bit but with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Still a fantastic event. There was a lot of vendors out there. A lot of, uh, I want to say, good B, even A-list list people that came out to, uh, celebrities that came out to to Comic Palooza to do the panels. And the Mandalorian, uh, parts of the Mandalorian cast were out there. So it was very, very cool. And I hope, uh, I mean, this is just a step in the right direction for all these cons. And, you know, I know that uh, Comic uh, Comic Con in, in San Diego has rumors of that, it, them not being able to be as grand as, as before because the whole um, rumors that Marvel and DC might not even go there anymore. Uh, but anyway, I mean, it was it was fantastic. I had a great time. Um, it was a very cool environment to see everybody back out again and uh, kind of walking around and then um, doing their things and their and their getups. Yeah, and 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 yeah, the cosplay was amazing. Shout out to everyone who did the cosplay. Um, there was a xenomorph. There was just like some ridiculous cosplays out there. Um, the cosplaying was great. The the Comic Palooza does a great job in terms of just putting a, a good. Uh, a good event together and then on top of that like showcasing like local podcasts like that's not a thing and for most cons out there so to have the ability to have like guys like us or other podcasts um i know i watched uh a f like that saturday after you left i stayed and watched quite a few of the podcasts mm. um nerdy bitches uh what was the other one 
God, I forget the names. I, I should have wrote them down, but there was a few others that I checked out on Saturday um, that I really enjoyed. And and shout out to everybody that's doing podcasting, and you know all the people that stayed and watched podcasting, all the podcasts and stuff like that. It's it's really cool to see that support. And then shout out to the uh, young woman that interviewed us for her YouTube channel. I don't know her name. Uh, she didn't say I don't, unless she did. And i forgot my bad, but if she's listening to this, thank you so much. Uh, sh- give us your YouTube channel. We'll, uh, we'd like to promote it because you put us on yours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was kind of chaotic. I, mean, I wouldn't say like it was super chaotic, but it was like, you know, we got off the set, me and you were talking and then she just comes, comes and just pulls us aside and say, Hey, can, can you do an interview for like, I, I, I think she introduced herself, but I don't remember either. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, my bad. It was just, it was, the, my mind was racing after that, that panel. So it was really, but it was really cool. She, it was a fun interview to do and uh, shout out to her and her YouTube channel. Yeah, and I, I I glanced over. I kind of you know like I made my pass to the crowd while we were doing the uh, the podcast, and she was one of the ones that um, was off to the side. And and I think I mean I when I sat down, she was there. I think uh, off to the side, and so I think she stuck stuck through the entire you know entirety of uh, of at least when I was there, uh, the entirety of it. I don't. Yeah, honestly, I mean everything's a blur at this point, but I don't think many people walked away or anything so that's good that's no, good for my no. self-confidence <laughs> and, and we asked uh, the crowd a couple questions and they uh, some of them nodded in agreement and they raised their hands so i was like yeah this is you know very cool i was very disappointed that i didn't get the initial like loud cheer at the very beginning because i got everyone like hey are you excited to be here at comic palooza then they did the whole i don't know I, have, I feel like you could be a little bit more excited you know that kind of thing <laughs> and I, I got that a nice little pop right there so that was cool i missed it dang it darn mm. these nerves <laughs> mm, mm. well uh thank everybody that i want to thank everybody for coming out again and if you're new to the podcast um please don't listen to the beginning episodes. <laughs> or i mean look at the progress <laughs> i guess if you'd go back and yeah. and listen to me reading off uh members of uh thanos's the army and what they do and just uh you know, stumbling and babbling and you know i still do some of that right now but you know <laughs> progress hey i forgot that was like one of our first episodes was getting ready for the black the order black order yeah. yeah it was just me just like oh so this is what uh this guy's power uh, <laughs> the black dwarf uh, his power set uh, uh well, anyway but uh yeah thank you guys and thank everybody that uh is continuing to listen to the podcast and um whenever we thought that you know, after Avengers Endgame, that uh, the content was going to slow down. Marvel said, "Not so fast. Everything's <laughs> ramping back up." And you know, it's it's, uh, it's been quite a journey. And I want to thank everybody for listening. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, it's been. I mean, we're coming up on. I think this week would be the four year anniversary of Comic Cast. So yeah, it's been it's been a blast, man. Been a blast, and I know. Um, <laughs> I want to continue to, to do this for a while, but you know, uh, we'll we'll kind of play this from month to month. My wife's about to pop, so um, <laughs> we'll um, I'll keep you posted on how everything goes at uh, at home. Well, do, yeah, do, I don't know if you want to talk about it a little bit before we leave, but you may basically be in and out of the podcast for a little bit due to due to baby duties. Yes, so. due to baby duties, and I'm looking for a job. So there are a couple of jobs where. I can potentially work from home and 
um, which is a good thing for me and for my wife and my new newborn. So, and probably good for the podcast. So uh, I'll keep everybody updated. I know. I can't wait for the one that you you know. I was very jelly of that interview. <laughs> so I'm just going to say that. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. This has been issue 396. You can always, always, always hit us up on Twitter. I am at One Punch. I'm at Producer Mike975. Until next time. Yeah, bye. Thank you.